Welcome, Welcome to, to the Better, Better Call Daddy Show. This is Big Daddy. Oh my God, that's hysterical. You're not going to believe this. Oh, oh my God. God. Five stars. Five and a half stars. Papa. My dad is my hero. Grandpa, are you ready? I love a good happy ending. Oh boy. Hey, hey, It's a phony baloney. And a tit for tatter. Hey, a lot of these things, I don't know where you're getting them from. It sounds like they're coming from when I look in the mirrors. Damn the public. Damn the public. <laughs> Dr. Natalia's corporate career was seeped with deep unhappiness. She quit her job and started from scratch. She took a nine-month sabbatical to change the way she thinks, speaks, and acts. My dad would recommend that to many. Dr. Natalia, welcome. All right. I've been watching some of your content today, which is fun. Thanks so much for doing so. (laughs) Which in particular? I watched some of your customer interviews. Which I think is really a genius idea. I haven't really done enough of that. And I think that that probably helps people understand who you help. Absolutely. And I think what is even more important to me is that people see how I move or talk or how I am around my clients. So for me, I give my best to really show everybody that I see the beauty in them. And of course I have favorite clients and you're going to see the spark over there but even the most difficult the grumpy ones I can get them to shine and I think this is a very specific type of skill that I this is like the core message that I try to portray through these interviews I don't know how many people get it or see it but I guess the smartest one will (laughs) have you gotten clients just from people seeing those client testimonial interviews not only through that I mean the majority of people they usually have a look at my online content they uh, maybe invest in an online course or check out my podcast or watch one of my LinkedIn learning courses or anything like that so usually what I believe a testimonial is the in the buyer's journey I think it's maybe one of the last steps and then they go for it Yeah. So you just mentioned a few things that I'd like to talk about. You have written multiple books. You have a course, you have a podcast, you have a blog. That is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I I tapped into everything because I wanted to find out what I like doing and what works for my brand. And I know that when I've done all of that, I can also teach my clients because my clients will like ask me and approach me. So that's why I'm like, yeah. Better check all of that out and then, you know, have my own solid opinion on it because I don't like when people just nah, 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 talk. I did read a little bit about your upbringing and how you grew up in a family of athletes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm interested in how that has played into, you know, you being in personal branding. My mom used to be a speed skater for the national Polish Olympic team. So she made it to the qualification round of the Olympics, then totally screwed it up (laughs) and didn't compete. And my dad, also a very sportive person, was a ski teacher for a very long time. I think when you look at my baby pictures, yeah, you see me crawl. But before that, before I was crawling, I think I was sitting in a backpack, you know, strapped to my dad when he was skiing and like, ah, more speed, ah. <laughs> so for me, sports is something I grew up with. And I have this mindset, or my parents told me, or, or yeah, taught me the concept of, well, if it didn't work out this time, well, then train harder and it's going to work next time. And it 
doesn't only depend on you, but also if your competitor is there, how good your comp competition is. So yeah, it has a lot to do with you, but there are also other factors that you can't really have an impact on. So that was incredibly helpful for my self-confidence and I believe also in what people now call modern leadership. The move or the loop to personal branding only in the sense that my parents always encouraged me to find my way of expressing myself and to find the sport that I really resonate with. And I think great personal branding is all about finding what works for you and finding designing a concept and business and social media strategy and network and everything around that that is truly aligned with your talent and and your wishes and needs so, yeah maybe from that angle i don't know <laughs> well you did mention in the beginning that in order to help your clients you needed to experiment with writing the book and creating the blog and creating the podcast and seeing what worked for you mm. My whole life, I've been a very, very curious person. I mean, when you look again at baby pictures, you will see me reading a lot of books and I always ask a lot of questions. And then when I finished school, my parents wanted me to study and I realized, okay, well, being an academic is kind of cool. In Germany, it's kind of the norm when you grow up in a way how I grow up. And I had a massive problem with understanding what is it that I wanna study? Cause I'm interested in so many things. And then I went for social science. And why did I go for social science? Because it was the only subject that allowed you to study up to five different topics. That was the only thing that I could choose without severely suffering from FOMO because I was like, there's no way I'm going to just focus on one major when there's so much stuff to study out there. That's moronic. I'm not going to do that. So, okay, social science, it was fantastic. And then when you finished studying it, when you're a social scientist, I don't know how it is in the US, but in Germany, it's not that you have the job. When you study architecture, you turn into an architect. When you study medicine, you turn into a doctor. When you study social science, a lot of people end up as a taxi driver. <laughs> That's the common joke. And well, the rest, they either end up in politics, in nonprofit organizations, marketing, or HR. Okay, fine. So I got the opportunity to work in education first, which was fantastic, did that for a few years. Then I moved into marketing. And then at the age of 29, I went through a early life crisis slash spiritual awakening. And in there, I actually threw away everything that I thought I knew and reinvent myself because nothing made sense. And this is where I really sat down and had a look at my talent, my skills, and how I see the world, and what is career, and what are relationships, and who is God, and what sexuality, and what's religion, and again, politics, all of that, all of these concepts, I touched them, and in the process, reinvented myself, my second life, my second career, and realized that personal branding apparently is the thing that I need to do, because it is so broad, it allows me to take all of this that some people might say that mess of all these different talents and aspects and merge them together. And I, I realized, yeah, that totally makes sense. So let's call it personal branding. <laughs> oh my God, what happened at 29? I saw the big 30 now at the horizon and realized, yeah, nice. But when I was a teenager, maybe around 13, 14, I had a, a feeling of how I want to live and be and feel when I'm 30. And that feeling when I was 29 was so far away from what I hoped to be. I realized I hated my job. 
I didn't like my life. I was consuming way too much stupid stuff. I was really miserable. And, you know, this is when I realized I need to, I really need to hit uh, the reset button. I realized that I was living based on the illusion in the sense that I'll be happy in my next job or I'll feel successful in my next job without actually knowing what happiness or success meant to me. Well, this whole thing manifested in severe, ridiculous pain in my body. I went from doctor to doctor and they said, well, yeah, you're sick. You're not a hypochondriac, but we don't know what it is. And if you continue like that, well, it could get chronic. Once it gets chronic, we don't know. Might not be the best thing. This is when I literally surrendered and said, screw it. I need help. Although I broke up with God when I was, I think, 18. Because <laughs> a oh, total different story. I literally said, sorry, I wasn't there for the last 10 years. If you hear me, send me a sign because I really need one. I am a miserable piece of crawling on the floor. I just couldn't. I, I literally understood why people play with the thought of suicide when everything is pain and nothing makes sense and everything is just and meh. And this is when the science came in and the science where do your in homework. Who are you? What do you want to do? And Gandhi, uh, be the change you wish to see in the world. Oh, well, what kind of change do I wish to see in the world? And this is when everything changed. My language, my habits, my routines, my friends, my diet. And well, this is how I failed myself up to the second life and second career. <laughs> That's really interesting. And also you left the corporate space. Okay, so from education, then where did you go? To logistics and my job was marketing slash PR. So that was pretty awesome and I loved doing it, but I had a feeling after two and a half years, well, now I have all of the awards, now I was on the cover of the league in the magazines and now what? It doesn't feel how it looks like or maybe I want too much, or maybe that's not what makes me happy. What makes me happy? Obviously not being on the cover of a magazine. And I think my biggest issue was that I had the feeling that I used my knowledge of marketing or human behavior against human beings instead of for human beings. Because marketing, if not done 100% correct or aligned, tricky one. <laughs> It's really amazing how you can make anything seem great, even if it's not. That's just against my values. And there are certain things in life over the years where I realized, okay, you know what? You don't need to be so 100% idealistic because if you do that, you just let make your life miserable and you can't save everybody. And you don't, you're not God, you know, or the universe or whatever. You don't need to save the whole world. And there are certain things that are non-negotiables. So I can't sell somebody something when I don't believe in the product or the service, or when I realize the customer actually doesn't need that stuff. You don't need to believe in karma to know that this is not right for me and you know, this is a huge gap or barrier that i have whatever however you want to call it and yeah this is a little bit of the sense that i got in my last job it was i heard that a few times too often it's like why did we sell this or would it be smarter if we did that or and then you know the people that i work with are like oh stop being so idealistic and we need to talk more business and i was like oh not feeling it no Business needs to be done in a different way. There must be a company that thinks in a different way. I guess that had a huge impact on, on my decision to do my own thing. 
let's transition into LinkedIn a little bit because you've been there mm -hmm. for a while. You've got a hundred thousand followers there. I mean, that's tremendous. When did you start noticing that that was the platform that was best for you? So I started with a blog in 2015, I think, because I realized I was working my PhD and my PhD supervisor regularly wrote something like, oh, you can't use humor. You can't use sarcasm. Give me social proof. And I was like, my life, I hate this. I need to express myself. And I didn't know how. And then somehow I stumbled over this idea or about this concept of blogging. I'm like, oh, what is a blog? What is WordPress? Ooh, wow, people do this? We're talking 2015. <laughs> Me, social media newbie. <laughs> Embarrassing, but fun. Okay, I realized, okay, I'm just, I want to be a blogger. Uh -huh. So I um, built my own WordPress blog, thinkvitalia.com, and I started blogging and realized pretty quickly, nobody visits that in blog. I was like, okay, so what do I need? Traffic. Tra what? what is traffic? Okay, ah, this is traffic. How do I get traffic? And I realized the easiest way is to use social media. Back then, all of my friends were on Instagram and on Facebook. So I tried Instagram and Facebook as everybody. And after getting way too many marriage materials and a very specific picture from a very specific gender, ew, and funny comments, my content, I realized people just look at my face or at my stunning outfits. They don't read the caption. This is a problem because I'm not an influencer or a fashion model. So what do I do? And I thought about different options. So, okay, Facebook, Instagram didn't work. Hmm, what else did I have? Twitter. Twitter, I was scared because for me, I found it so aggressive. And a lot of people, I had the feeling that a lot of people didn't come from a place of kindness or curiosity, but more of a place of attack and war and fight and whatever. So me starting to walk on social media, I was terrified. I said, with all my respect, Twitter might be a great tool, but I'm just my pants this is not happening twitter not my thing okay what else pinterest oh, meh. youtube back then ha, ha, ha. me in front of a camera not going to happen forget it so the only thing that basically was left there was linkedin well i gave it a try and the funny thing is that back then there was i don't know how to phrase it there was a movement going on a lot of millennials started to move from Twitter or whatnot to LinkedIn, obviously thinking something similar as I was thinking. We tested things. We experimented. We did things differently because back then LinkedIn was very professional and very stuff and very boring. There was no life, no stories, no videos even. The caption also was very short. Don't ask me how many, how many words we had. But for some reason... All of these creators, content creators, seem to pop out of the floor like, like mushrooms, as we say in German, and people connected us. Got a lot of haters telling us, well, this is not Instagram, this is not Facebook, whatever. But I, I do believe that we allowed more people or inspired more people to experiment more with content. And after, I think, one and a half years, two of my content pieces went viral for back then that was insane i think my followers grew from 3,000 to 18,000 from 18,000 to 30,000 
And I literally built this incredible network from people from all around the world. And then the speaking gigs came in, the coaching, the training, the consulting. This is when I realized, you know what? Whoa, I really need to go big. I need a podcast. I need to start other social media channels. I need to build a program because obviously people like that stuff. Okay, fine. Well, let's do this. Tell me about the pieces that went viral. Do you remember which ones? So the first one was about two perfumes. So in the past, I used to have two perfumes. It was one perfume for everyday life and one perfume for special occasions. And one time, it was at the end of the year, I accidentally, or I grabbed my perfume as I wanted to, you know, it's a normal day, I need to go to work, grab a perfume. And I realized, damn, it's really heavy. And I realized, oh, it's not within a split second. I realized it's not the everyday, it's the special perfume. It's the end of the year. It's so heavy. What does that say about your life? And I thought, this is ridiculous. This is pathetic. That means we have the end of the year and none of these days were special to me. I have a mindset problem. And this is when I actually grabbed the everyday perfume, threw it away and only had this one perfume now, which is the special perfume, which I literally have every day because I do understand that I choose every morning, this is going to be a special day. And people just went, Pfft. they love that one. Yeah, that definitely gave me the chills. That's really sweet. I like and that. it was based on a real story. I had no clue that such a piece of content could go viral, but people loved it. And the other one was more hustle and grind porn, if I want to phrase it this way. And I think it went viral because it might have triggered a few very religious conservative people in the sense that I said something like, I only made it because, or I am who I am right now, because when other people partied, I was working. When other people were chilling, doing nothing, I studied. When other people were traveling, I looked at new ways to improve myself. And here's the deal. It's not that someone chose a handful of selected blessed people and only these people are going to make it and succeed. I believe that we all have what it takes if we actively choose and do the work every day, daily, no lame excuses. So this one was the second one that went viral. And I believe, especially the word blessed, it can be seen from this and this angle. So I was like, oh, I need to do or I need to play with words even in a stronger way. And this is what I did from then onwards. And I think this is what, yeah, helps me stand out even nowadays. I give my best to always push a little bit further to see how much are people are willing to learn or to take. But in a way that my content does not create a shitstorm yet. Because I uh, shitstorms, uh, it's just too much work to manage all of that. No. <laughs> right. That's totally no, not, not just the aim. A, Right. No. I could go a couple different directions with this, but you did talk about doing the work. <laughs> I would like to talk about some of the work that you've done because you have talked a little bit about some of that in your blog. You've mm -hmm. talked to shamans, you've done some less traditional things. I would love to know what you've discovered through doing some of that work. The idea of I know nothing and maybe everything I've ever learned was wrong, was incredibly terrifying and liberating at the same time. So I then in 2015 made a commitment, actually in 2014, made a commitment to myself that lifelong learning and my own personal growth in all aspects of my life 
is the reason why I'm living. I'm here to unleash my full potential. And I'm obsessed with this topic. And the reason why I was suffering so much in my life was because I didn't stimulate that muscle enough. Or in the past, I would, I would doubt myself, oh, isn't this too much? If I do this, I will become even better. I will become healthier. I'll become even more successful. I will lose a lot of people. I will be on my own. Oh my God, I'm going to die on my own. I most probably I'll have three cats. And when I die, they'll just nibble on me. It's like, ah, that used to be a severe fear. So, I mean, when, when you read all of these self-development books and performance books and whatever, you will regularly stumble over the wheel of life. And a lot of people will now think, oh my God, boring. I don't believe in that, whatever. I like it because it shows different aspects of your life. So have a look at it or you have your relationships with your friends and your family and then you have your finances and then you have your health and then you have your business and career and again spirituality or god or all of these different aspects of life and i thought okay you know what and let me work through them bit by bit and let me start with the one that is the the worst that feels the worst at the moment and and that's what i did so i worked a lot on my second career on my business then i worked a lot on unresolved questions when it comes to religion and spirituality because i had just pushed that aside and i realized I want to understand it and I want to find my solution to it. Um, I worked on my relationship to myself. I had so many wrong beliefs and so many fears and insecurities. And I now work on my health. I will definitely work on my investment skills in the near future. I came to the realization that there are many different ways how you can grow and become better and that everybody grows at a different speed and everybody also has different goals. So I, again, have this very high need and I realized reading books, nice. Doing online courses, fantastic. Visiting workshops, awesome. But if you really want to nail something down, work with a pro, with an expert. And I really don't care if that person calls herself a coach, a consultant, a mentor, a healer, a shaman, a light worker, a monk, a whatever. These are just labels. It was difficult in the beginning because certain approaches, of course, you're like, oh, really? Or oh, you work with this, you work with a psychologist, like how dub are you in your brain i'm like yeah obviously i like myself enough to gift myself with a person like this so that i don't need to have people like you in my life so that's what i thought but i didn't say as you said i tried different things i was doing i think the craziest stuff was 10 days vipassana which means being in a place in a retreat which was monastery like with buddhist monks and nuts talking for 10 days, not looking anybody into the eyes for 10 days, meditating for 10 hours per day, eating only twice per day, waking up at 4.30 in the morning, going to bed at 9.30 and literally just focusing on your breath. That was one of the deepest, most profound experiences I've ever had in life because I realized we just talk so much trash to talk and we get distracted and spend so much time on social media. So and I give my best to go through or to gift myself with one very profound experience like this per year to see and learn from other cultures. Because there's so many different cultures out there that look at 
growth at different areas of life from different angles and use different tools and approaches. I love what you said. What if everything that we have learned is wrong? And yeah. let that be your starting point yeah. of what you're going to research. That is amazing. Wow. Okay. So you said that you pushed God aside at 18, sitting mm -hmm. Vipassana for 10 days. Did anything come to you around spirituality? And did you have new thoughts about God? Let me maybe start with why I broke up with him at the age of 18. So I was raised in a very conservative Christian Catholic way. And then at the age of 18, realized that the way how God was introduced to me or the image of his fan club on earth didn't make sense to me. I just know, first of all, it doesn't make sense. And the second thing is, I think God is super busy. Why does he observe and know and look at things all the time? And does he, does he really see everything that I do? And does he judge me for every thought that I have? That just burdened me and didn't, again, it didn't fit into my world concept. It is when I said, listen, at the moment, I have the feeling that the concept of you is limiting me and I'm, I'm not experiencing life and I'm not doing any things that I want to do because I feel guilty and I don't feel like a good person. So if you could do me the favor and not kill me tonight, like don't say thunder or something and because uh, it was my evening prayer, I would be very happy. And I'll, I'll promise you that one day when I'll mature enough and there will be a new version of you available to me, I would love to continue the conversation. So for everybody who's like, what the is the German not talking about? It's not that I was taking some funny medicine or whatever. I do believe that everybody can talk to God, you know, when you're praying. And this is what I did, which is my evening prayer, that conversation in my head. But that burden, that pressure, that stress, that shame, that, oh, you're just a terrible you're being, was all left. So this was put aside. I think I found my way back, but I wouldn't call that instance God anymore. I would call it higher intelligence or universe. And I don't refer to it as him anymore because I think it doesn't have gender. It's just wider than the concept of it. It definitely gives me a sense of feeling grounded, of deep connection to not only to myself, but also to others. And I do believe, and I know who some people might get upset, that we all can communicate to that intelligence. And it's most probably also deep down within us, or we can tap into it when we very, very deeply listen. So that's my new understanding of it. And I've definitely only developed that through a lot of listening and reading about meditation and spirituality. And I'm super happy that, yeah, I felt my way back home. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to know, I mean, I've seen you do it, but can you describe how you share that knowledge and that journey through your LinkedIn? Again, we teach LinkedIn marketing. So for me, it's important to walk the talk. And that's why we publish content seven days a week. And in order to, to make it simple for people, we have designed a pattern in the sense of, oh, every Monday we talk about LinkedIn. Every Thursday we talk about personal branding. And every Wednesday, we invite people to work with us. And every Saturday, there is a customer testimonial. Okay, cool. That means I think I still have three days left or something. 
okay, that means what are other topics that are close to my heart or what are the topics that I'm currently working on? So on one day, I will always talk about performance or self-optimization. On one day, I'll talk about, for example, spirituality, because it's an essential part of my life. And I, oh my goodness, I needed a long time <laughs> to accept that. I was like, oh my God, no, I mean, yeah, it's part of me. It's important to me. So yeah, I'm going to talk about it once per week or every two weeks. People who don't like me because of that or who think it's too much, my goodness, sending in love. And obviously we're not going to work together and that's fine. So this is the, the pattern that we have. And I give my best to, like with every post that I share, to teach people something new or to share a bit of information that adds value, also sprinkle humor or storytelling on top or make it different. That's why the word that I've claimed for myself is an edutainer. So it's a mix between education and entertainment. Whenever I have worked through a fear or eliminated some huge pain or when I've come out of something painful or terrible, I give my best to create a piece of content out of that on LinkedIn to not so much to brag. It's like, ah, I'm the best. I'm a superhero. Ha, I'm fireproof. Ah, look at me. <laughs> but to, to show people that I do the work, to show people that I was an idiot in the sense of, well, hey, we all are ignorant. It's just part of us because how do you know what you don't know? And that might inspire other people to do the work as well or to face that specific challenge. A lot of people then think, oh my God, you're so strong. You're so great. What did I just say? I talk about it once I overcame it. When I still have that, I'm not going to write about it on LinkedIn because I feel embarrassed. I might feel ashamed. I think it's stupid it still makes me feel aggressive or whatever. So I know I have this problem or I know I'm ignorant around it, but just talking about it on social media, how does it add value? It just makes me look like an idiot. So I know, okay, this is something I want to work on. Let me get a coach. Let me, whatever, fix it. Okay, cool. Once I have the aha moment, I turn it into a story with the lesson learned. So it's not a rant, ah, angry, ah, cancel, but it's more a, hey, this is who I was, this is the new me, do whatever you want with it. And so many people sent me direct messages a few days or weeks or months or even years after that. And I don't know these people. And they say, because of this post, or you recommended this app, or because of this book, or because of blank, I've changed my life, I quit smoking, I finally had the courage to get divorced, I blah, 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 blah. I'm like, this is insane. Our own stories and our own lessons learned through our own content, we can help others heal. We can give others the permission that they are looking for or the approval or the okay to live better lives. Amazing. That is amazing. And the more of these lessons that you share and the more, you know, like the breakthroughs at the end, I really love that. I think that that's a great idea. Not just, hey, I'm struggling with this, but hey, I'm struggling with this. These are the steps I took to overcome that struggle or understand that struggle. Yeah. And here's what might work for you. I think that that yeah. is just a great post that anybody could do. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's inspiring and people need hope. And uh, yeah, I think there are way too many talkers who just preach, but then 
I'm lacking that proof of concept or when I didn't look through their content or when I see their body language or their energy, I'm like, yeah, with all my respect, babes, don't mean to be mean, but you're saying it. You didn't feel through this pain. You didn't work through that struggle because if you would, you wouldn't use that language and you would move in a different way. And that's a problem. People aren't going to buy from you or choose you as a service provider because you haven't done the work. And I, again, don't say that to be mean, but people are smarter than we think they are. And body language and energy does not lie. I love that. Oh my God, I feel like I could talk to you all day, but we are coming up <laughs> on the hour. So I am Ooh. gonna let you brag away. You've done so much. You've danced on international stages. You've written books. You've been contacted by Amazon. You've accrued 100,000 followers. You tell me like what I'm missing here and how people can find your books oh. and connect with you and be a part of your tribe, all that. Well, I think everything that is important to me, we talked about. I'm super grateful that you gave me the stage today to talk a little bit about my story and my lessons learned, my insights. So everybody who's interested, wants to connect with me, the best way definitely is LinkedIn, but you can also find me on Instagram or on Facebook. And yeah. Cool. Is there anything you'd like to ask my dad? What is something that your dad always wanted to work on, but he is kind of procrastinating it because he thought, you know what? Nah, this is, it's good enough. It's okay. It's like nice. But if he's really honest to himself, he could do better. What's that thing? That's a great question. I have an answer, but I'm going to let him answer. And then I'm going to give him some pushback if he doesn't give the answer that I think I should say. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm really looking forward to the answer. And once again, thank you so much for this uh, beautiful conversation that we had. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. Thank you for spending the time. Now, let's switch it over to Grandpa. Well, what a very interesting meeting you had with Natalia. She's really found all kinds of different ways of communicating. And what I found to be very interesting was that she decided to put God down that relationship at 18 because of maybe lack of understanding or lack of development in her own mind of communicating with God or really figuring out the formula of communication with God. And she says, well, I really got to work on myself and stop thinking of being critical of this or critical of that and really work on my communication, really work on myself. And I got to figure out myself first before I could have really the proper relationship with God is my interpretation anyway. And I find that to be very interesting because, as you know, we've discussed as we get a little bit older, hopefully our wisdom rating goes up and our understanding today be able to ask better questions has to be where we take in enough information to be able to make better decisions and have better rationale. Yeah, knowing how to ask a good question is definitely an art. Right. And what she's done is instead of being extra critical of herself after this divestiture of figuring out and being self-critical and thinking that whether God is in favor of this or that or people are in favor of this or that, she decided to live her life and experience it and learn and find out the different methods of really bettering yourself or progressing and getting better at whatever you want to be. And by doing that and being on a track of improvement, she's able to then overcome the failures of life because she looks at it all as a learning experience. 
And she stays positive because we're all a work in progress. And the more we look to progress is the way to accomplish that. And we learn a lot more from our mistakes than we do from things that we do right. So the funny part is, is that she wants to find the answers and not only for herself, but because she's learned the different methods, she's been able to then help others do the same thing. And she also wanted to know, is there something that you would like to learn? I might've even mentioned to you before is that I was on a road of trying to figure out what would best serve helping my dad really run a business of his own. So as you know, I took business courses, I took engineering courses, I took law courses, but if I had to do or have a chance to study, I was really fascinated with genetic engineering that instead of being a doctor of medicine and giving everybody a pill, I wanted to be able to fix some of the deformities of the world by maybe having a way of engineering through genetic engineering of fixing our genes so that we could cure things permanently. I was always fascinated by that. And I don't know, it's probably too late for me to maybe go back and study that. There's just so much that we don't know. And there's so much that we can learn to do. And hopefully I'll have years and years of many opportunities to keep growing. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Better Call Daddy Show, please feel free to review it at ratethispodcast.com slash bettercalldaddy. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. 